Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. My friend, how are you doing? How are you doing? Are you giving yourself grace? Are you asking yourself what you need? Are you taking care of yourself, especially right now during this pandemic? In California, today, as I record this show, I'm in week four, the start of week four of the pandemic. And here's what I know. I'm tired and people are getting fatigue. I've noticed my own stress is much higher. And at the same time, I'm able to do work that matters for me as well as be with my family. But my stress is high and I'm able to, I'm so grateful that I do the work that I do because I understand my emotions and I'm able to manage my mindset and feel my emotions and move through this really well in making difficult leadership decisions and the things that I'm doing. But I've also given myself grace and said, oh, Corinne, that's right. You may have the tools and you know how to do this in your bones. Well, (laughs) I don't know how to do a COVID-19 in my bones, but I know how to take care of myself and manage my mindset and, you know, be compassionate. I've got that in my bones and my stress is high. And of course I'm fatigued. I woke up this morning and went, wow, I am tired. I'm tired. And if you notice how I'm talking to myself, I'm not beating myself up. I'm not saying what's wrong with you. You know, you're just not working hard enough or you're just not disciplined enough or any of those things, not beating myself up. Are there something wrong with you because you shouldn't be tired? I'm tired. I'm accepting what is and I'm being compassionate. And then I'm looking at, okay, what do I need to do to take care of myself as I go through this? One of the things that I've spent time talking with my clients about this week is, you know, and they're all so grateful that they've done this work that we've done. We didn't realize that we were all preparing to be able to handle being a global pandemic to have the emotional resiliency, to understand, you know, the power of our brain, to be able to have grounded confidence. So none of us saw this coming, right? How we prepared. And they're so grateful for doing this work because they're noticing the people around them who don't do this work and the emotions that are being offloaded and the turbulence that's being created as they move through this. So one of the things I've said is, we're in an ultra marathon. We're not in a 200 meter dash. We're in an ultra marathon, but people right now are responding so much to their fight, flight, or freeze, to their lizard brain, right? The amygdala part of the brain, the prehistoric part of their brain, where it's like, you know, danger, danger. And yes, there is tremendous danger. Yes, the numbers don't look good. I understand that. But a lot of my clients, a lot of the people that I've been talking with or coming into contact with, you know, And actually I have clients who are physicians and nurses who are on the front line and they are really doing the best that they can to protective equipment. But going back to, we need to get out of the danger, danger when we're not in danger and really evaluate that so we can maintain this ultra marathon. We can't sprint and you're going to be more exhausted if you are igniting your amygdala That's the lizard part of your brain. It's the prehistoric part of your brain. And it just goes into fight, flight, or freeze. And it taps into your adrenals. So 
one of the reasons that I share with you, like, even when I say like, oh yeah, I'm really tired. It's this idea that you're not the only one. This is hard. And I've had so many people this week who've judged themselves because they're like, this shouldn't be this hard for me. Like I've got it pretty good. It's hard. You know, there's a lot of, you know, if you're an empathic person and you're taking on other people's energy and you're reading the news and you're thinking about, you know, those that are having huge losses, you know, those who are working on the front lines of this, there can be a lot of energy drain. You can have tremendous guilt because you aren't going through this suffering. I understand that. So one is recognize where you are. Don't judge yourself, love yourself and take care of yourself and recognize and go in and ask yourself, what do I need? What do I need? You know, and some of the things that I need is I need to go on a walk today. I need to have some downtime and spend with my family. I need to read a book. (laughs) That's my plan for the weekend to read. I just need, and I'm going to turn off my email. One of the most beautiful things. So those are the things that I need. What do you need? And give yourself grace, give yourself compassion, fill yourself back up so that you can go back out into your world, whether that's staying in your home and taking care of your family, being one of the people that are out on the front lines, an essential worker, or that you can even, when you go to the grocery store, have the capacity to give those who are on the front lines at the grocery store, making sure that we have food where you can give them compassion and grace because they're also really tired too. My husband does our grocery shopping and he was talking about one of the employees that we know, how his hands are just raw from constantly putting Purell on and because that's what they have to do in between each customer. And he's working a lot of overtime and exhausted. Again, if you can take care of yourself, you can be responsible with your energy that you bring into other places. And it's also going to help you sustain you through this ultra marathon where there's so much uncertainty. A couple weeks ago, I was checking with my 18-year-old daughter, who is a senior in high school and has gone through her own loss and her own grief with the changing, I guess, of how they're going to do school and the loss of the rituals. And anyways, she said to me, she looked at me, she goes, mom, this is kind of like your ideal life. Like you still get to do your work. You get to be at home and we're all at home. She said, if you could just input like seeing your friends a couple times a week, like this would be it. This would be great for you. And even with that, I've noticed my stress is high. Even with that, I've had fatigue. So even though this is my ideal life, (laughs) I am tired and my stress is high. And my friend, there have been tears. I've given myself permission to cry. There's a lot of emotions that are going around. And the other thing I've noticed is inside of me, there's been an awakening, an opening inside of me. And I will talk about that in future shows as I'm still processing. But one of the things when I go on walks and I've been thinking about a former guest, and we'll put the link in the show notes, but I interviewed Elizabeth Lesser a long time ago, and she's the co-founder of the Omega Institute in New York. And when I interviewed her, we discussed her book, Broken Open. And Often we think that being broken is a bad thing. And I'm so grateful to Elizabeth for helping me see a different perspective about being broken open. It's not being broken and broken down and disregarded, but breaking open and really getting to the essence of who we are. And these past few weeks, I feel like I've been broken open again. (laughs) 
You know, it's this thing that I continue to go back and do. So I'm growing and I'm evolving. And again, I'm going to talk about this more in a future episode, but that is also part of why I am tired and why I'm stressed is that there's my own evolution as I work on figuring out how to make decisions in this COVID-19, how to lead, you know, really focusing my brain on the things that I know and I understand and I have control over today and reminding myself that my brain of April of 2020 may not know how to answer or solve problems of August of 2020. So why try to go there? Because it's not until I'm there that I'll be able to figure that out. So give yourself grace give yourself compassion, take care of yourself. Compassion doesn't mean, oh, you know what? I'm going to eat the whole carton of ice cream. That's not compassion, my friend. That is numbing. (laughs) That is really numbing. Or I'm just going to drink my way through COVID because the other thing that I'm going to plant a little seed in is how do you want to come out of this, right? We have this opportunity to become, continue to become who we are, who we want to be, and how do you want to come out of COVID-19? Who do you want to be? So think about that. What are the practices that you want to incorporate now to come out on the other side of this? I have a little funny story. It's kind of fascinating. So with this shutdown that we've had, we've had a series of dumpsters out in the front of my house. And even though I've been working, when this first started, it ran right into my husband's spring break. He's a coach at the university. He also teaches there. And he's never had a spring break. He's always training athletes, you know, for a meet and so on and so forth. And for those of you that are not in the swimming world, this was an Olympic year. We had 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. So that means that in an Olympic year, there's always the Olympic trials. It's a meet we have every four years. And he had some athletes that he was training for the trials. And so, you know, the plan is they were going to actually go to a swim meet and then come back during spring break and he would train you know, he would coach them. So he's never been home during spring break. Well, he's now (laughs) locked down into our house, right? And his athletes are so funny. They're like posting stuff on Facebook, on my Facebook wall. They're like, oh my gosh, what's Pete doing, right? Because they know how active he is and busy he is and he likes to be out and about. So he's been home. So guess what? We now had dumpsters and he has been doing this amazing job of just purging and, you know, getting rid of stuff. Here's what's so fascinating. And that's not the fascinating part. It's so fascinating because, again, because of COVID, but just the street that we live on, we live on a cul-de-sac and it butts up against a green belt. So we get pretty good walking traffic as it is. And it's just gotten even higher because of COVID. But I watch people all day long look into our dumpsters. They're just fascinated by it. And I just noticed it this morning as I was writing again, because there was somebody that going, they could not not look into the dumpster. And it's almost like kind of like a car crash. We just can't not look. They can't not look. And we had at one point with these two really big dumpsters and they were filled with stuff. And so people were like looking there, trying to understand what it was. It's been so interesting. So a little bit of my enjoyment is looking out the window, watching what people do. Really, really fascinating of, you know, people and what grabs people's attention. Okay. Today I'm here to talk about, do you ever have that? thought in your head that goes, but I've already learned it. Why do this? I've already learned this. And what I would invite you to do, we're going to open up some curiosity and be open because I want to talk to you about a really important concept called spiral learning. So one thing that can be my own limiting factor is 
that, you know, I really have bought into that whole productivity, scarcity thinking, like be really productive, don't waste time, right? And I always have to calm myself down and say, I'm not wasting time because I do know I love being efficient and productive and I love challenging my capacity. But one of the things that I have learned over time is that learning is not a one and done. It's not a checklist and then you get to move on. And spiral learning is a great concept. I talk about this often with my clients is that, you know, when we would do some teachings with them about certain research or concepts, and I would say, look, I'm going to bring this forward and we'll come back to it again and again. And I'll ask them, you know, what are the attributes of compassion or what's the antidote to shame? And they'll look at me like, ah, and I'm like, that's okay. This is spiral learning. That's why I'm asking you. We need to return back to it. So spiral learning is actually a teaching method based on the premise that if a student learns more about a subject each time the topic is reviewed or encountered. And the idea is that each time a student encounters on the topic, the student expands their knowledge or improves their skill level. So I want you to imagine the shape of a spiral. You learn a concept and then you move to the next concept. And then you circle back, but you're up higher on the spiral, but you circle back to the original concept at a deeper level. And then again, you circle back to the concept number two at a deeper level. That's spiral learning. It's this constant spiral. We think learning is linear, right? We will set it up that way, especially when we think about grades, grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, but their spiral learning is what we are actually doing. So an example of this we'll talk about in swimming. Coaching swimming is an example of spiral learning. There are four strokes in swimming, butterfly, backstroke, breaststroke, and freestyle. So butterfly was one of the strokes that Michael Phelps did. He would do the turn fly. He also swam the IM, which is all the strokes, but butterfly. It's the two arms together, two legs together. And in fact, when we coach the kids who are like five to seven year olds are big monsters, we introduce them to all the strokes at some point, maybe not on the first day, but we introduce them to all the strokes and often with very simple concepts. So how I said for butterfly, it's arms together, legs together, and they kind of look at me perplexed or confused and I have my arms together and legs together, right? And then they go and try it and then we come back and we try to do it again and we break it up and we're constantly spiral learning. We're constantly circling back to the same stroke and we either, especially when they're at that age, we're retelling them very similar things or you know, figuring out different ways to tell them and teach them. And then as they continue to grow and learn, we start to work on another specific part of that stroke. Again, there's four strokes, you guys. So we wound up spending, we had this one kid who just graduated from a Pac-12 school, which is a big time division one program. And he's trained with us for 10 years, 10 years. And there's four strokes and he became quite good at the butterfly and the freestyle. He could swim the other strokes for many of you. He'd be like, wow, he's an amazing swimmer. But as we would think that his backstroke and breaststroke kind of sucked, you know, but his butterfly and freestyle, what we taught him as a nine-year-old and what we focused on, we were constantly circling back, constantly refining it, constantly teaching him new concepts. And there'd be times he'd be like, oh my gosh, I now understand what you're talking about, about getting my head down before my hands enter. There's these things that he may have missed when he was younger because he didn't have the capacity. And then as he started to understand and, you know, like the little kids, they're just like, how do I get across the pool without sinking to the bottom? So their capacity is very limited on how much information they can get. 
you know, the junior high school kids are like, I hate butterfly. This is horrible. So they have their whole bit of resistance there. Right. And then when they start to go, oh my gosh, it is a stroke of rhythm. If I can just be swim like a dolphin and have rhythm, it's not as hard as I make it mean. So that's what happens in the sport of swimming. The point is, is that you don't say, oh, you've mastered all four strokes, especially to this one kid that I was talking about. So, you know what? Let's create a new stroke because you can swim all four. You're highly proficient in it. In fact, you've mastered two of them. We don't create a new stroke and we don't say, oh, well, you now can swim all the four strokes. So let's go do another sport and go find something else. But this is exactly what we do in personal development, in management, in our, you know, and how we do our work. We're like, okay, well, I've done this. Check, check, check. It's on the box. Now I need to go find something else. And that my friend is a squirrel approach. It's like, what's the next shiny object? What's the next shiny object? I've had clients. Sometimes I'm like, you're not allowed to read anymore because they're constantly looking at these different shiny objects versus doing the spiral learning. But they're like, I already know this. But then when I ask them, they don't really know it. They know it intellectually, but they don't have it in their bones. If you want to have something in your bones, you must practice and spiral learn. An example of having a concept in your bones is being able to drive your car. We have that in our bones. Like we don't have to think. We don't use brain juice on put the foot on the gas, put the foot on the brake, turn on the signal light. We just go through it because it's in our bones. It's already there. And so our brain can do it in the unconscious realm, which takes a lot less energy than if we're doing it with our conscious brain, which takes a lot more energy. So we want to do this spiral learning so that we get it more and more in our bones. And again, when you go through something like COVID and you have these things in your bones, It doesn't mean like I'm sitting here in the promised land and everything's wonderful and I'm drinking blue drinks and having a great old time, but my capacity isn't as tapped. And so that is why we want to do spiral learning so that we can continue to learn it and develop it in our bones. So instead, I invite you to imagine removing, but I've already learned it and be open to what more can you learn? Another common issue I've heard from my clients through the years, and I used to also believe the same thing is I've already learned how to set good boundaries. Why are there still growth opportunities, Corinne? (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, I've already learned this. Like, I'm really good at this. Why is this coming up? My friend, that is spiral learning. You're taking it to a deeper level. Another one could be, I've already learned how to deal with difficult people. So why am I so triggered by my employee? Instead of having resistance and armor as you argue with what is happening, and remember, you lose 100% of the time when you argue with reality. Instead of arguing with reality, be curious and open to what you can learn because it will allow you to cement your learnings in your bones, which then allows you to become your way of being. Right? Like when I was talking about the COVID example of, I understand my mindset, I can feel my feelings, I can ask myself what I need. I've definitely become more compassionate. Still be a harsh, judgmental tyrant to myself, and I'm much more compassionate. So by allowing yourself to cement them learning in your bones, it becomes your way of being. It's like, you know, the kid that I was talking about, I guess he's a young man now, but butterfly, like he can dive in and do butterfly. And there's so much that's automatic because he already knows how to do it. It's in his bones. Whereas a little kid, we might have to like actually move their arms and legs and remind them when you dive in two arms together, two legs together. And I would say about 50% of the time they start swimming freestyle and that's okay because we haven't cemented it in their bones. It allows you to learn additional things. 
So when you learn something and say you're picking up a book, you're going to a workshop, you know, you're having a conversation with somebody about a management issue and you're open and you're curious and you're willing to learn new things, you can pick up on, oh, I didn't actually see that. I didn't understand that was an issue for this person. It opens you up and you're able to learn new things. It also allows you to learn at a deeper level. So the next time you notice yourself saying, but I've already learned it. Instead, I invite you to get curious and ask yourself, what else can you learn? Sometimes it's being reminded of what you already know. And that's okay. It's great to have a reminder. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I totally forgot about that. This is fantastic. This is a great reminder. Sometimes it's picking up the information that was presented to you when you're first learning, but you were perceptually blind to it. Like the big monsters, the five to seven year olds, they don't have the capacity to understand. They're like, if I were to say, make sure you get your head down and butterfly before your hands in there, they'd be like, what are you talking about? I need to make sure I breathe so I don't drown, right? They don't have the capacity to understand those specific skills. But what they can work on doing is keeping their arms together and their legs together. And that's already taken up 100% of their capacity. So maybe you didn't have the capacity, and especially if it's new information and your mind was totally blown. One of the permissions that I like to give myself, and that I've talked about here with even COVID-19 is I give myself permission that I'm a newbie, right? And if you're a high performer, high achiever, you're like, no, 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 I don't want to be a newbie. Reminding ourselves that we're new at these things is so important because it gives us permission to be messy and to make mistakes, especially if you're like me and really value productivity and really value, like, I need to be productive. I need to get stuff done. And there's no time to make mistakes. There's going to be mistakes. So permission to be a newbie is a really important one. I've been working with Aqua Monsters, the junior high and high school group, and doing some mindset coaching with them. So for the junior high group, I'm like, look, you guys are big monsters and you're learning how to make a hand sandwich. It's something that we do for streamlines. And then the high school group, I'm like, look, you guys are big monsters and you're learning how to streamline to the flags. And these are kids who can dive in and they could swim for two hours without stopping, right? But I had to explain to them that this stuff that I was teaching them and coaching them on is very new and to remind themselves that they are a newbie. And especially a lot of the kids that I have, they're really, really smart kids. They're hard workers, right? And they can beat themselves up and beating ourselves up doesn't help us. That's not allowed, my friend. It's not effective. It doesn't help us. Compassion is our biggest motivator for change. Compassion, acceptance, we can see what's going on and then move forward. So I invite you, be curious, Be open when you notice that voice of, but I've already learned this. Instead, be open. What else can I learn? You know, be curious. And again, even if it's a reminder of what we've already learned, that is still valuable. All right, my friend, take care of yourself and let's make sure we're connected. Go to my website and sign up for my weekly newsletters. I send out these Sunday loves that have been very helpful. They're short written emails to you all, letters filled with love. And then on Fridays, we send out the podcast. Until next time, I'm smiling big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts 
in television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.